to take like 12 daughter clients a day at my own salon, yeah. which no one should ever have to do unless that's your vibe. If that's your vibe, cool. For me, no, because I only want meaningful connections with the people I come across throughout the day, and there's no way I can have a meaningful connection when I'm seeing 12 clients in one day for color. It's not for cuts, for color. Like, oh, it's yeah. way more intense. Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. We're so excited you're here with us today. I have a new friend that we've been kind of talking, getting to know each other through social media, so I'm super excited to sit down with Desiree today and talk about all things, uh, what we went through in 2020 with the pandemic and being closed, and then also like lessons that we took away. So thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yay. Okay, so start with, I always like to ask first, how did you get into the industry? Because we are a beauty industry. And we want to bring you guys tips and stories that can inspire you to take action and or work through things to be the best version of yourself. So how did you get into the industry? Oh, my God. Um, So uh, the industry actually chose me. I kind of found me by accident. Um, My best friend that I was living with at the time, she enrolled in beauty school. We were both kind of at dead-end jobs. And she she had a bachelor's degree. She was working in, you know, business, business and marketing. And I was a waitress. And, like, kind of trying out college courses and things like that that were really going she came into my room and she's like I'm gonna enroll in beauty school I just always wanted to do it and I'm just gonna do it and I was like you know what I have nothing to lose I've never been good at hair and makeup I've never been the pretty girl but I think that if I just sign up and like take it down the line and have no excuses there's something good that can come from it so well and now look at you yeah. no one would ever know yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I learned so much yes so the glow up was real in your yes. case okay yes. all right <laughs> you're like I little bit for it. yeah, yeah. I went to school yeah for sure so that is awesome education so how old were you when you started doing hair I was about 24, 25. Okay. I've always been a little bit of a late bloomer. I wasn't sure, like, where my career was going to take me or if I ever wanted to find one. Um, but, yeah, I started beauty school when I was, like, 25, and that was good enough. And I literally haven't looked back. It's been 12 years since, and it's just, like, amazing how fast the time goes when you're doing something you love. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And you're so good at what you do. Like, Thank your you. social media, like, the Thank hair. You. You've, you've got you've got it going on. If you guys follow her on Instagram, because she's a perfect example of how you should show up on social media for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so oh, that's all the questions. <laughs> I was like, where do I even start? This is where it's so fun to be the interviewer. But at the same time, I'm like, can I just get in your brain? Because yeah. I just know everything. Um, so I think one of the things we talked about going over today and sharing was just kind of like what we went through in 2020 with being closed. Yeah. And then you mentioned something about having some good lessons that you learned. Yeah. So I, let's start there. Yeah, so this year has been kind of a collective, like, dark night of the soul mm. for the entire world, which I don't think the world has ever experienced something together um, so deep and so dark and so transformational. Um, so we all kind of had to really dive deep and strip away layers to find out who we really are. So when we first went into quarantine and the salon shut down, I spent a good few days kind of working through that depressed feeling, like, if I'm not a hairstylist, then who the fuck am I, mm. right? Um, but that was a wonderful question to explore because I stripped away, like, without hairdressing, like, let's say I can still serve my clients in a way, like, how would I serve them? The first idea that came to mind was, like, I'll get a master's degree. I'll become a therapist. Like, I, love I that. mean, that's one way that I could still be there for them the way that I already am without doing hair. And although it maybe isn't my ideal dream, it was something that, kind of I thought of so I considered that for some time but again peeled the layers away and found out what like who I really am it's not just a hairdresser it's someone who's like compassionate who loves to make people feel good about themselves who likes to help people explore their inner beauty um and explore 
show up every day. I love also on on like more of a selfish end, I love psychology and sociology. So just learning about humans and how they interact and like where they came from and networking them together, right? Yes. So like every person that comes and sits in my chair. Um, like yesterday, for example, a woman came in and she's she's buying a new home. She wants to decorate it. And she just mentioned, you know, out of nowhere, like, can you help me find some rustic furniture? And I'm like, well, I haven't really remodeled a home, but, you know, I'll keep an eye and an ear out. And literally the next client that came in, she tagged her friend on Instagram after she left. And that person's like a rustic furniture designer. So things like this occur like constantly. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So stripping away the layers and discovering who you really are throughout your career gives your career so much depth when you reach back to it. Because wow. I'm not, you know, I'm not now codependent upon the identity of being a hairdresser, which opens me up to so much more. So, like, let's say for some crazy reason you couldn't That is do so hair. powerful. I'm just going to yeah. interrupt you. That yeah. was so powerful what <laughs> yeah. you just said. Yeah. Okay, sorry. It's given me, like, a greater purpose, and it's taken the anxiety away and the anger away from, like, I'm not mad at the government for shutting us down anymore because I know I still serve a purpose with or without them, like, being so long for the years. Mm. So it's kind of getting, you know, deeper on a spiritual level, too. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And what an amazing thing to know because I think at some point this is a kind of competitive industry. There are so many of us, especially in San Diego, right, that do the same thing. But what sets you apart is what you bring to the salon or behind the chair to your clients that sets you apart. It's what makes you unique. And you being able to enjoy that and share that space with your clients, like, that creates lifelong relationships with your clients that even if you were to transition into another business, they'd probably still be interested in how they could work with you. Yeah. That's really powerful. And I think yeah. sometimes we find because this is how we identify ourselves, what do you do? Oh, I'm a hairdresser. Oh, I'm a salon owner. Oh, mm-hmm. I do hair. Like, there was always, like, this stigma when I was growing up that it wasn't a real career. And so I almost hid behind it for a long time. It wasn't something I said with a lot of, like, you know, I wasn't very – like, I was proud of it, but at the same time I was also like, oh, I'm just a hairdresser. So that was, like, my story because growing up it wasn't about that being a real career. Yeah, doctor, you know, lawyer. Yeah. yeah. I had to grind my that. way through. Yeah. But then as I got into the right environment and around the right people and discovered, like, oh, no, we're a pretty awesome community, and this is, like, one of the best jobs you could possibly ever have, especially if you like dealing with people. Like, if you have that in you to hold space for people and you're creative and you get to make people feel good about themselves, like, some of the egos I've seen flare up in the industry have been pretty crazy, and it's, like, having a moment to step back and be, like, okay, who am I if I don't have this? Touching on the egos, too, what, what kind of the whole pandemic situation has done, like, America especially is a very, like, egocentric, kind of self-centered culture, if you really look at it. I'm a patriot, but it is true. If something bad happens, something negative, like COVID or 9-11 occurs, we're expected to all just suddenly become sad and, like, grieve a certain way. And if we don't, then we're kind of a shitty person. Right. But in order to heal, you have to find optimism and you have to, like, fight that darkness or that urge to be in complete sadness because that's what occurred when the salons closed. It was, like, the first three days I was, like, I'm depressed. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to eat. But then I was like, I have a choice here. Just because the media tells me I need to be a pessimist or I need to be grieving, you know, the loss of lives and the illness, which is awful, what if I turn it around and I use my optimism to find healing and then I can spread that energy to heal others, right? So Mm. it's like so much important growth 
single time that it was a tipping point, you know? Totally. Something had to change, and unfortunately, Americans need kind of a shock in order to gauge change. Totally. You know? And I know you're not the only one who feels that way. I've had so many people come around from when I tried to take the brunches that I was doing virtually, like, it was like I was looking back at a collective screen of people feeling like you did in those first couple of days. Like, nobody was interested in what other things they could be doing to serve their clients. Nobody really wanted to talk about ways to think positively or optimistically. They were just in that, like, sadness. And I had to accept that was what it was, but I had to remove myself from that energy because that's not where I was at. So I couldn't keep showing up with my level 9, 10 energy I had hoped it would mirror back, but I I could see that every, the collective needed time to process it because so many people had their whole identity wrapped around being hairdressers. It's what they loved. It's what they showed up every day. It's what gave them purpose. And, like, to not have that thing anymore, they were like, well, who the fuck am I? But look at what we learned, too, because we felt defenseless, like, when they shut us down. True. We don't really have, like, a lobbying group or a core. to be eliminated like we can all connect and it doesn't have to be a competitive thing it can be definitely like helping lift each other up like every almost every person on this earth has hair so therefore that is true there's more than enough products to go around oh my god so she just gave the tagline of what the brunches were all about like that was what as a collective I was trying to bring together because when I went from working in a really big salon of like we had 32 stylists let alone there was probably at least 50 people at the salon that I was at when I left and went to a smaller space which you 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 will get this you'll understand this (laughs) I I needed the support I looked around and like while my business felt good and my clients were happy I wasn't getting the nurturing and the energy that I needed I couldn't watch other people do hair and get fed like that way mentally and like stimulated like that so it was something that I felt that I needed and I was like I wonder if other people are feeling this way too And so when I announced doing the networking brunches, it was just for us to, like, give back time to us to connect and, like, figure out how we could better serve our clients and each other by showing up and just sharing, like, how did you become successful? How did you grow your social media? How do you get clients? Like, what are you doing differently? And I think now, like, everything's out. Like, everything's been done. Mm -hmm. So just wrap your head around that for the most part. Like, it's not about reinventing the wheel, but it's about is if you put your hand out to bring someone else with you, like, that's the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so it was a need, a selfish need kind of. I was like, I need to be connecting with my community, so I'm going to throw these brunches, and then I'm going to turn it into ways that I can just teach what I've learned over the last 20 years. Yeah. So yeah. that was where, like, I really had to step out of my own way and be like, who's going to want me to teach them? I was like, well, somebody. Enough people are hairdressers. They're going to need guidance. Like, what are all the things I wish existed for business owners, hairdressing in the industry, that didn't exist when I started? What didn't I know? Like, how to run my business, how to not think, you know, that it's all about competitiveness. Mm -hmm. It's not. Yeah. Because the more you share, the more you learn by reteaching and everything. Yeah, absolutely. 
So walk us through how you ended up in a solo suite, because that's where you're yeah. at independent now. Yeah, I got okay. really, really lucky. Um, I felt in my heart it was time for a change. I was working at more of a corporate structured salon, like a team environment for about eight years. That's where I spent the majority of my career. Is that where you built your career? Yeah, I okay. did like a lot of learning there. Essentially, that's the only salon I've ever worked at. So I worked independently for a couple of years before working there, just doing like house calls and getting myself comfortable. Okay. Kind of like phased out of waiting tables in my late 20s. And then went full-blown, like, full-time there. I assisted. I worked with assistants. You know, I trained assistants. Um, you know, got lots of educational experience under my belt. But found that I reached this point of COVID where the ceiling, my head was hitting the ceiling on a daily basis. And I knew, like, I couldn't go anymore there. Yeah. Um, and it was almost that, ex- like, that same month. It was, like, last summer. Um, I went to a solo studio to receive a service, a training salon. And I saw, like, the studios and how. I mean, the location was great. The energy, the vibe, I'm really big on, like, vibe and energy. That's I use my intuition for everything. I could feel it. There was something there that was great for me. Um, and it was in the neighborhood that I wanted to be in, which is Little Italy. I love, like, urban. Like, this is perfect. Beautiful, like, city environment. Like, people everywhere. Um, and I just knew that was the space for me, but I didn't know how. But I didn't need to worry about the how, mm. right? Like, it's the why, right? The why is because I want to serve my clients better. I want to show them a better experience. I want to keep them And literally, it was like a girl dropped into my DMs who's now my colleague, business partner. Um, I rent a chair from her studio that she's had for five, she's coming on five years now. Um, it was just the perfect, like, symbiosis. I couldn't have asked for a better um, situation, so. That's because you were open to receiving yeah. that. You walked in here and you were like, I didn't know until I knew now. And now yeah. I know, and now I'm, I'm open to it. Yeah. And it just happens. That's amazing. That shows you have strong intuition and strong powers to pull in the things that, and that, where does that come from? Have you ever always been able to like tap in and open that or? That's new. That's recent. That's coming from. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I love it because I'm a spiritual person. It's not a religion. It's a spiritual thing. It's like being in touch with the other parts of yourself that you can't necessarily see with your non-tangible elements of Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, So just going through, honestly, a lot of darkness and tragedy and pain in my life has connected me with like the dark side and being able to overcome those things and continue to move on and work because I had no other choice. Like when you have to show up every day to pay your rent and feed yourself, despite like going through hard things like death or illness, things like that, um, poverty even, or lack of education as like society might call it. Cause I'm not college educated. Right. But Neither I am I. Right. But I needed to find a way and I'm like, all right, dive deep into myself. Um, so I did a lot of feminist podcast books, also spiritual, like Malcolm Gladwell books are amazing mm. too. Learn, learn the, about the economy too, think economics, things like that, and kind of putting all those together. So I realized that we're taught a certain level of business in our culture that's actually designed in a masculine way. So the masculine business doesn't leave any room for natural rhythm and flow. It doesn't leave room for emotions or really like the human element or like being imperfect. Um, and it also has no room for intuition. It's very structured. So like large corporations in the world, like I think we're, we follow this formula and we will achieve success. If you don't follow this formula, we're not even going to accept your work. But the beauty industry is mostly feminine energy. You know, even the males who work in the industry have a feminine energy. So true. Um, or they appreciate or were raised by or understand women on a different level. So feminine energy needs a lot more room for ebb and flow, for, like, 
like for volumizing and for shrinking back down literally it, it almost comes down to like the way that we work with our hormones yeah. some weeks we're far more productive and more mm. successful like in numbers and have more energy and think clearer and some weeks we require like more time to rest so that's kind of how I began to tap into it. It's like designing a business for women. Can we be best friends already? Because I'm like, I'm obsessed already. Everything it's, you're saying. That was new to me to learn that. Someone, I just, I must have been listening to a podcast and someone was talking about your circadian rhythm and how we have a different rhythm than men. And like, I think it was like a, I think it was a wellness or a health podcast. They were talking about like food and like uh, when they, when you get put on a nutrition plan and when you get put on a, you have to wake up at 5 a.m. to do your workouts and you have to do this, this, and this in order to like have yeah. the body. And it rolls the same way when she was explaining like our systems and how if you're on this day between your cycle, like that's not the day you wake up and work out. That's the day you rest and that's the day you eat like this. And I was like, I didn't know we were supposed to eat for our cycle or we were supposed to sleep for our cycle or show up differently. Like we all know our cycles can fuck us up. Like some days I'm like, why am I so cranky today? And you look up and go, oh, that's yes. what day it is. <laughs> yeah. Or why am I wanting to eat all the chocolate? Or why do I, am I craving alcohol? Or why am I craving like potato chips? Or why don't I want to work today? Why am I frustrated? And then some days go like my energy is a 10. And you're like, why can't every day be like this? Yeah. But if we could learn to embrace that and have more fluidity and room for that, but why can't we? We totally can. We can. But we tell ourselves that we can't. Right. It's too good to be true to be able to run a business the way you want to run it, still be successful still make six figures, have the dream house, have the dream date, whatever it is that you want. I don't know what or why, but we're kind of fed sometimes that we don't deserve it or that we can't have it without someone. So, or at least that was kind of my story. So I had to come out of that and that's how I learned to use my intuition more. Yeah. I love that. And how do you think that served you as far as showing up as a business person and in this industry? holding space for people who are looking to you to make them feel more beautiful. It's so rad because my clients get to show up the same way. Yeah. So it's so funny because we're almost synced up. Like all, I'll be having one of the days you described where I'm like, I really needed to sleep in or I really should have, like, I should have, I can't work out today. I'm not feeling like going in. Um, and I know that when I show up to work, there's going to be someone who understands because my client will walk in and sit down before I mention anything because I don't bring bad vibes. I'm not trying to dish onto my clients at all it's all about them they'll show up sit down and say like oh my god I'm so tired I didn't want to I almost didn't come today like I'm having cramps this and that and I'm like dude I feel you you can show up you can be you I'm gonna help you like work through it it's okay to be you instead of wasting so much energy fighting it it's like how can we make this work for us and still find beauty in it right so connection yeah Yeah. so totally and being able to like have that kind of relationship with your client is everything because that could have been the only time that day that she felt better or good or like it's lo- okay to be you here yeah. right now. Yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. And like what other career gets to like really hold that space for somebody? There's very few. Very few. Yeah. Cause I feel like even in like a therapist type situation yeah. where you're paying that they're, they're not really at liberty to like share and have a conversation with you. They're just there to like kind of guide you. And even then they can't tell you really what to do or they're not meant to. Cause they have a, a medical protocol. Right. So they're limited as well. Well, that's why I find that like there's so many people turning to mentorship and coaching as a way to like share and give back what they've learned. Like everything that you just said is something I could see you tapping in to be able to help other people to do, especially in our industry, because those stories are real about what we've been conditioned to believe about what's possible Mm -hmm. and what's not possible Mm -hmm. and what's for us or not because of generational past or whatever the case may be. 
whatever you've experienced, like, I think this is just a great reminder that you are always in the present moment and you always have a choice to respond or react to whatever situation you're in. And you took something terrible that happened to the world and you were able to reflect and make it a positive thing. I think a lot of people go inside themselves when they're experiencing trauma. They go inside um, because if you're vulnerable, you're in danger. But the truth is, it's the opposite when you're vulnerable. It was like a Brene Brown book that taught me this. Yes. It's like Daring Greatly, yep. all about so being good. vulnerable. Yes. Um, that's actually how you find healing. Um, so when COVID hit, everyone went inside. They put their armor on, literally inside their homes, but also inside themselves mentally. Um, and, and that's not a way to heal. You have to reach out and be vulnerable with each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a learning curve. But the, the thing is that's different about this, like, when you experience trauma, it's usually like, oh my God, I got in a terrible car accident and I hurt or someone I love passed away or has cancer. Um, we can't relate to each other as much, but this is one thing that we're all going through together. So why would we go inside? Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's just what we've been taught. That's that's all we know. So this is a huge turning point for humanity. Totally. Ultimately. And would you say like, without a doubt, like we, I know we're a recession proof industry because I made it through 2008. No problem, as you good probably did you. too. Yes. Yeah, that's where the ombre was born. Out of everything shitty comes something good, right? I tell my yeah. clients that I'm like, it's because they couldn't get their hair done, so we had to figure out something. They were like, yeah. can you do a partial, partial, and yeah. that's how it started. Just yeah. in case you didn't know, for yeah. the young ones. That's another podcast we should do is like fashion trends based on like economics. Oh my god, that's, that would be hilarious. That's super interesting. I can't wait to see what comes out of this one. This one's yeah. probably going to be the all natural. Let people are going gray. That's the only thing I could see. Yeah. In the long or hair. people are like refining their look more than ever because they had time to sit and think about their hair mm. and they had time to scroll through Instagram or watch so much Netflix that they're refining their look. Like people are so much more detailed when they come in about knowing what they want down to like each slice and each tone. Um, I think the, the looks are getting more and more custom. So I love that. And that's what's in style right now too, is like kind of anything goes like, are you more of a seventies and eighties or a nineties, right? Like yeah. there's different generations that are being reborn in fashion. So I think hair is kind of exploring the same themes. Always, right? Yeah. It's just like a, a revolving yeah. everything. I'm like, oh, that's back. Okay. Like watching through my kid too, what's yeah. in style that always, I'm like, oh, you know, your mom used to have those shoes, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> so funny. It's happening. Yeah. Early 2000s fashion yeah. or guys with like bleached hair. That was so big in the nineties. It's back. <laughs> yeah. Guy lights, world lights, like, yeah. You know, predict and measure what your clients needs are yeah um and you would think because of all this that people would be low on funds for their hair but I found that it's totally the opposite because people are kind of in a YOLO mode where they sit down in your chair and you're like okay you want this big change but you realize that's going to cost more than anything you've ever spent in the salon and they're like it's fine (laughs) like I've sat at home for six months and thought about this so this is what I want self-care me up and then some yeah no 100% and I've noticed the same thing and that's where you know, I feel like I know I follow other business strategists that talk to her in the beauty industry about price increases and about when is it the right time. And, you know, I think just for mere sake of having to do more work, because there is say if someone's getting a full overhaul, obviously you're paying for what you're doing, you're paying for your time. But if it's just a basic partial or just a basic root touch, but now it's been three or four months, you're 
clearly using more product, clearly taking more time. Yeah. So, you know, charging accordingly, not just charging based off of what the norm is. Mm -hmm. And if you were due for a price increase anyways, now is the time. Like, give yourself permission to show up bigger because we are important. And I think this was a reminder of how important, you know, even the regular Joes were going to bat for us to be reopened, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a greater appreciation for, like, how necessary we really are when people were, like, seeing what it would be like without us. Totally. So there's a lot of respect there. Definitely, which is which feels nice because I think that's one of the things that this industry doesn't get felt a lot is, like, respect. Um, but it's up to us to demand it. Again, like, not being organized, not coming together, not having a lobbying group. Like, we can say that we're partially responsible totally. for the image that has been conveyed. And, like, maybe it's time for us to step it up and... You know, don't be smoking cigarettes outside the front door of your salon and, like, chewing gum while you're talking to your client. Like, because we have that freedom because we're artists. We can do whatever we want. Sure. Anything we want. Yeah. But, like, maybe we should have a little more structure. Definitely. Respect for ourselves. That's what I've been talking about about with my current mentees that are going through the Six Figure Stylist Academy. And I'm like, if this is how you've been showing up thus far and you've only gotten to this point, why don't we try something new? And what does new mean? New means you show up a little bit as your higher self, like a true professional would. Would you want to roll up to the dentist if he's out front smoking a cig? Probably not. <laughs> You're not going to catch your doctor out front eating a sandwich or, like, yeah. sitting in their car. Like, no, for sure. And there's definitely levels. And I do feel like our industry has been elevated over the last 10 years 100%. People are taking their careers far more seriously. Yeah. There's more people than ever making six figures and then some. Yeah. Becoming national educators, becoming you know, influencers on social media, like being able to reach more people through social media has like, I think seriously changed the game because you see what's possible. Yeah. Before you only saw what was possible in your current environment. Yeah. And if you were in a, you know, middle of nowhere, somewhere salon and you didn't have that experience, how would you know to do better? Yeah. Or that that was something that you could charge for or that you could show up like. Um, and that's why I think always putting yourself in environments where you're the least educated or not the best person or not the most talented stylist always forces you to grow. It's like being the little fish in the, in the, the little fish in the big pond. You know, yeah. you always want to be the student wherever you go. And that's where, like, I've always learned to tap out of the ego. Yeah. And opening a salon sure as fuck made me <laughs> check my ego at the door. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, but I've learned so many lessons. And I had a guest earlier that owned a salon in downtown San Diego here for several years. And she said it was one of those things of, like, growing into all of the ways you need to serve your staff was something that she was, like, wow, this is a lot, like a lot of uncomfortable conversations, a lot of people showing up expecting things without putting the work in, and it forced her to show up bigger and greater, and it's forcing me to do the same thing, because I've learned when I open, I'm not a great manager, like I'm not a great, like I expect people to just be great, and that's a lot, because not everybody operates from an entrepreneurial, like, mindset a lot of people need structure they need to know what they can do and what they can't do and like that's great and I think that's if we had a vision of what a true professional in the industry would look like we would have something to, and I think we do I think we know yeah. how we're meant to show up mm-hmm. you know now like, now do we do it every day like right. I'm guilty of not sometimes right sure like we have our days we have our days and we're human everybody yeah yeah, yeah. But I do love what you said earlier about, like, you are getting them mirrored back from your client. I've always said like attracts like. Absolutely. And so, I think that's so – that's what's beautiful about our industry is, like, we can build our clientele based on the clients that we want. Yes. And we can weed out the clients that don't work for us because there's another stylist out there that's perfect for them. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, I feel like we should create an app, kind of like a Tinder, 
but it's for hairstylists, the perfect match, right? Yes. Oh my God. I love this. Well, tell me more. Yeah. So if, if you're not vibing with a client, but she's a great person and you just, it's just not, neither of you are clicking. Yeah. Like how great to be like, what do, do we, yeah, we have to talk about that. You guys give us your input when you hear this podcast on what we do. Do we that. need to make an app? Do we need to make an app? <laughs> I think so. I think so. That would be yeah. cool. That'd be cool. Okay, so talk to me about, because I feel like because you do share the spirituality love, do you have, like, routines around your day to support that and to, like, feed into you to give back to yourself? Yes, so one thing I knew when I was working at the more team environment salon, the larger, more corporate-style salon, um, their hours were a problem for me, like, physically, mentally. We had to show up very early for work every day at a certain moment on the dot. Like, if you have to stop and get gas or grab a coffee, you're having a panic attack because you need to be on time very militant and that didn't work for me because mornings are for me um that's when my heightened anxiety is mm. I wake up in the morning knowing everything I have to do and I often feel overwhelmed so for me my mornings need to be very calm so I keep personal time before 10 a.m no clients before 10 a.m no tough or stressful tasks before 10 a.m um, that's a huge ritual that now the change to help calming my morning anxiety has come slowly over time because it's been a full year since I've been a small business owner um, and it's slowly over time you begin to heal from your former lifestyle right so you still can wake up feeling anxious because that's what you're used to but now it's getting better and therefore I'm sleeping better right mm. so sleep is more of a priority I'm able to focus on that um also, rituals of creating empty space on my books. Also, white space is great because what if you're having the type of day where you want to connect with an old friend, you can invite them in for a blow dry during your white space time, or you have wiggle room for add-on services with the client that you already have booked that day. Um, so that's another ritual. I love that. Changing the way you eat. So when you're working in a less stressful environment, you can probably focus more on nourishing yourself um, and taking moments to nourish nourish your body with your body. So I love that. Like that. Yeah. That's huge. Mm -hmm. So a funny, a, a funny that you mentioned leaving the white space. So Jim Quick, he's the brain guy. I don't know if you ever heard of Jim Quick. So I follow Chris Harder. He's one of my business mentors. And he was doing a podcast with Jim. And I think somebody asked somebody for some time. And Chris was like, nope, sorry. I got back-to-back -back podcasts today. I can't do this, this, and this. And Jim said, Chris, you got to leave room for the magic. And when he like retold that story on his podcast, I was like, man, I, I stay. My ego stays in... I'm worthy. I'm this if I stay busy and back to back. And I've always booked myself like that in the salon because it was like about volume. How much could you do? How much money could you make? And it was like so crazy to me when I heard that. I was like, I leave no room for the magic. And that causes anxiety and stress in my home life because I'm always constantly like hurrying everybody up. We got to go. We got to do. We got to do. And it was like, but they just want to chill. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but you got to leave moments in between. So my son actually has taught me that. He likes to wake up at a certain time, so he has time to relax, eat his breakfast slowly. Yeah. He wants to watch some cartoons. He wants to get dressed slowly. He wants to, like, take his time. And I'm like, okay, I honor that in you. Like, you want the time. So he gets mad if I don't wake him up early enough yeah. to have his morning. And that's I love that at nine years old. Yeah. yeah, that means he has self-love. And mm. that's, like, one of some things. Sometimes that's one of the hardest things to teach a child. So the fact that he's able to recognize, like, his needs, yeah. that's so amazing. You know, yeah. he's going to help his future friends and all that, you know, show them how important that is. It's amazing. So like it was, I went on a trip to Bali and it's so funny because everyone says they find themselves in Bali and I'm like, what do you mean you find yourself in Bali? Whatever. It's an amazing, beautiful place. And when you go, you see, you see that no matter what in your own way. We were in Bali, my boyfriend and I, and 
it was breakfast, and there everything moves so slowly. There's no rush to anything. It's just a totally different culture. They're mostly like Hindu, so it's just a very calm, you feel the vibe, barefoot type of culture. Mm, we're, we're at breakfast, overlooking the ocean. It's so peaceful. For some reason, I thought I reached anxiety. My heart's racing. I feel like there's somewhere I needed to be. There was nowhere I needed to be. I realized at that moment like that I needed to change something because mm-hmm. it had to do with my daily routine. I had trained my body and mind that like that's what mornings were supposed to look like, and I knew like in order to heal, they couldn't heal in the morning. That's where I would probably down the line run into like thought patterns, you know, yeah. natural growing, things like that. Yes. I knew my mornings have to be a little bit more sacred. And for some people, it's the afternoon or the evening. For whatever reason, for me, it's morning. Mind you, morning yeah. is huge for me. It yeah. sets the tone for the whole day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wake up with anxiety too, which yeah. I never really realized that's what it was. I thought it was just like energy. I didn't. Anxiety was never something I thought I struggled with until I got older and realized, oh, that anxious feeling, oh, that is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't put the two together. It was almost just like, so now my morning routine sets the whole day. Even if I don't get to do the whole thing in length, like little pockets of, like, I'll yeah. do one or two of the things normally that I do. Yes. So I like, I like, like my son, I like to drink my coffee, the whole cup of coffee sitting there relaxing. And my, that's my morning time to go through my social media. Like, if anyone's messaging me, because I go to bed yeah. early. So, like, I respond to stuff. I think some people say don't check your email. But that, for me, I can do that in a calm space versus, like, shoving it in between where I'm not really paying attention to stuff. Absolutely. And then some sort of movement, whether it's just a walk or I stretch on the floor, depending on how much time I have. But um, creating that, for me, has changed literally everything. Like, I bring a different energy to the salon. I bring a different energy, like to my family like it's just it's it's been a game changer mm-hmm. for sure so it's beautiful to hear you say you've been able to work through that because yeah. I know a lot of people struggle with anxiety or wake up with what feels like depression when sometimes they really just need to move that stuck energy like it's just a matter of taking action to like help yourself I saw that you're doing a breathwork practice yes oh and I don't know much about that I'm super so I didn't either. I'd been introduced to breathwork. So what she's talking about is I had a session with the healing couple who will be on the podcast That's too. So cool. It's a couple that does this and they hold the space in so amazingly. A uh, past client of mine had started showing, she was doing sessions and I was like, what is this thing like? Because I've done breathwork in a group setting, a very large group setting, and I didn't love it mm-hmm. because it's a very personal thing. It's like therapy. And you're doing weird breathing and you're like huffing and puffing and someone's sitting right next to you and you're sitting up. So I, the, the whole time I've done it twice in a group setting and I was sitting up both times, which I didn't like because if you're not getting the breathing right, and even if you are getting the breathing right, you can feel a little dizzy and you can feel a little out of sorts. Things yeah. start to tingle and like, you know, we don't breathe like that normally. Yeah. So um, this session in particular, they sit you down and they ask you questions like, why are you here? Why breath work now? Like, what do you think we can help you with? What are you working on? What are you working through? And so for me, like, um, there's a lot of moving parts in my personal life and a lot of unhealed moments that have happened in my life that being the masculine predominantly, I just was like, I'm fine. It's uh, fine. Yes. It's over. Yes. I'm fine now. That doesn't define who I am. But I know that it's playing a part in how I show up in future relationships or current situations like why do things irritate me probably because I'm it's attached to something in the past that I haven't worked through so it wasn't until I realized I was doing a lot of the same things getting the same like I was like things have to change yeah how can I unstick some of this 
and I've tried traditional talk therapy, and I do like it, but it's, it's not the same, like we were talking about earlier. And this couple, literally, they're so powerful. Like, the two of them, they lay you on the table, they cover your eyes, you get to hold these grounding rocks, and then they talk you through the couple of things that you talked about. And then it's, like, I think 40 minutes or so of, like, five different songs. And through each song, you're, like, saying an affirmation of some sort of, like, I love myself or I release this or that. It's it's pretty intense. And so for the first few minutes of anything, like, have you ever tried to meditate? You sit there and you're like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> this is okay. Like, it's I'm good. So I'm good. Like, you're trying to, like, talk yourself into it. So, like, while they're starting, they're like, this is relaxing. I'm cool. This is good. And then all of a sudden, like, the music comes on and they'll say something and, like, you're instantly just, like, rocked by emotion. And you're like, oh, didn't know that was there. Didn't know that would trigger me. So that happens throughout the breathwork session. And what's great is they hold the space. They're watching you so they can see when you stop the breathing and you're starting to cry or something happens or an emotion pops up. Um, and they just work you through it. And they hold that space and they talk you through it. We did some sound bowl exercises. They're definitely going to be integrated into the course that I'm teaching because I feel like learning to properly have a whole nother tool like breath work can change that morning anxiety that you yes. have. Like if you are start to feel like that, you can take 10 minutes and either put a breath work session on and do it yourself. Like you could do meditation. Um, a lot of people struggle with traditional meditation of having to just be still and present and let the thoughts come and go. Like meditation isn't about clearing the mind. It's about letting things flow. Like you were saying, like, just letting it flow through stuff. So the breath work is the same thing. Like they were like, well, what are your expectations? I'm like, I literally have none. I just want to see what. Which is the best. Yes. No expectations is the best. But why can't we show up like that in day-to-day life? Like everyone has expectations. It's just that it's hard. Like it's just like there should be um, a university for this because that's the real hard shit. Like, yeah, you go to (laughs) Yale, you get your law degree. It's so hard. But that right there, showing up, no expectations, doing the breath work, setting um, boundaries, like, that's the hard stuff that there's no university for, right? Like, that is a total opportunity for everybody. Well, and you take credit, too, because, like, self-education is, like, the new degree. Yeah. If the education is out there, all the books have been written for the most part now, right? Mm -hmm. It is up to us to seek what it is we feel we need. What are you missing? What do you think could help you? What tools are out there that could support you to be the highest version of yourself. We all know secretly what we're lacking and where we could show up bigger and better. What ails us? What traumas we dealt with? Like, it's up to us to take the responsibility to, like, do the work for ourselves because no one's coming to save you. No one's going to do the work for you. Can we talk about that? Because that was in, like, dare I say the P word, politics, (laughs) and, like, religion and all of the, the touchy subjects that we're not supposed to talk about in the salon. A lot of people turn to social media or their alma mater education on these topics but like really the responsibility lies with me and like read a fucking book educate yourself like it's no one else's responsibility to tell you all these things you know like but for some reason in our culture we're taught to rely on someone else to educate us yeah what you said like it's not a common thought process that to educate myself is normal because you ask someone to do something they've never done before and the first thing they say is like i don't know how instead of like let me learn how or how do I learn to do this, right? So yep. big and that that can help us all so much with like so ignorance much. and compassion. Well, my my joke, my mom always used to say, Well, I read it on the internet, so it must be true. <laughs> and I'm like, that couldn't be more true because I've seen so many people yeah. you know, you see something on someone's story and you're quick to be like, Oh yeah, fuck that or oh yeah, I believe in that and then you just repost it without 
fact check, fact check or finding anything. Like I have two really solid girlfriends that are amazing researchers and fact checkers and yeah. they share both sides of stuff. Yeah. They'll say, you know, if something, if they say something's a myth, she'll show why she'll, she'll back it up with research. And it's, it's so, you know, at first I think I love to play surface. I love to be like, Oh, it doesn't bother me. Oh, I don't care. Oh, I don't watch the news. Like, but you can't in, in today's yeah. day and age and like being a mom and a business. I just, I can't you sit back. You have to care. You have to you care. Be responsible. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, and you have to contribute your bit into the world too. And that's where, like, how do you want to show up in the world? And that's why if you're listening to this podcast still, then you are somebody like that. So hopefully this resonates with you. And if you have any aha takeaway moments from what we're talking about, please share them with us because we want to know. But I feel like it is, like, my responsibility now to to learn all the things to help myself and then teach it. And, And it's funny because now I get paid to tell people what I've learned. Before it used to come off like, well, you're just trying to tell me what to do, like from friends who didn't want to participate in the being awareness, being woke, being like, enlightenment. oh, enlightenment. Yeah. You're showing up the same way, bitch. Like, get it, get your shit together. Stop yeah. playing the victim. Stop yeah. acting like life is happening to you. Thank you. Yeah. And if that triggers you, then maybe you're doing that Think too. Think about that for a second. Let it sink in. And we've all done it. Yes. We've all yes. been there. Yes. Why me? Why is this happening to me? Can't I catch a fucking break? Like, and then what happens? More bad things come, right? It when is so you true. Play the victim, you are inviting the universe to give you more of that energy. So way to go. No. And it leaves it leaves more good energy for people like us to collect. True, like, so. true. So if you want to get on this bandwagon, start showing yeah. up how you want to receive. Because you're always just a mirror to whatever you're putting out in the yeah. world. I want to say, too, like more about the breath work. It's really interesting. It connects to the whole white space in the books thing. Leaving yeah. space in your books allows you to say yes to your clients more often. So if they want to add on a larger service or a keratin treatment, something like that, you have so much wiggle room to say yes. And when you say yes many times throughout your day instead of no all the time, it opens more doors to other things. So okay. breath work is an energy flow. It's a release, right? Yeah. So is the being able to say yes. That's a form of breath work versus no. Mm. It's low vibe, low vibrational energy. That's negative breath work. So leaving that white space, it's a lot of yes space or a lot of breath work space. Also, breath work reminds me of if you've ever been blow drying someone and, you know, wet hair and dry hair look completely different and you're blow drying that strand and it's just not what you wanted it to be or it's nothing like what that formula usually looks like because your hair looks something weird, what's the first thing you do? Like, do you feel that heat rise up in your body and you're like, okay, I have to have a really tough conversation with them right Shoot. now. I'm going to have to move my books around. Like, I have to explain to them. They're going to want to know why it happened and sometimes we don't know because energy is volatile and weird things happen, right? Sure, yep. Um, are they going to be mad at me? All these emotions rush over you. But instead of going down that path when strange things happen that are unpredictable and so on, even if clients are late or they have a bad attitude, all the little things, um, if you can take a moment and do the breath work yep. when it hits you, yep. you're, you're blow drying the piece, shit's hitting the fan, <laughs> but guess what? You're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. It changes everything because so you're true. able to make you know, clear-headed decisions, you're able to explain things calmly to them, you're a client who's feeling that energy because you're touching them, like, you need not be stressed out because then you can stress them out, so. So true, oh my god, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think breath work for me has always come in the form of working out, too, because I feel like when I'm letting myself really, truly breathe and I push myself, like, a lot of emotions come up for me when I push myself really hard, whether it's running or riding the bike, like, all of a sudden, like, an overwhelming sense of emotion will come out. And I think it's because we can't ever tap into that. Everything's always, like, just, like, a, a surviving mode. Um, 
So it is huge, and I would highly recommend if you don't know what it is to look into it, um, or find some sort of tools to support you to work through things, like like yeah. taking a moment, right, to collect yourself if something shit, shit hits the fan yeah. like that. But I love leaving the white space in your books, and on what you said about saying yes versus no, like, I also want to give you guys the power to say no. So if you have your book set and you have your three clients for the day with your white space worked out and Susie calls and she's like, oh my God, I'm leaving town for vacation. Can you please get me in tomorrow? You say no because you've created that sacred space in your books for tomorrow and you don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. So you'd be doing her a disservice by squeezing her in Absolutely. and then you'd be definitely doing your other clients a disservice by squeezing her in mm-hmm. and you'd definitely be doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. So that's where the power of... You know, I used to be like, well, I can't say no to money. I got to figure it out. I'll come in at 8 a.m. It's fine. No, right? You don't need to work that way. But then you just sit in, like, resentment against that client, and then it's just, it's it, it's really never served me. I used to take, like, 12 counter clients a day of an Insta one, yeah. which no one should ever have to do unless that's your vibe. If that's your vibe, cool. For me, no, because I only want meaningful connections with the people I come across throughout the day, and there's no way I can have a meaningful connection when I'm seeing 12 clients in one week for color. It's not way more intense um now i see maybe two maybe three clients a day very minimal very calm chill i'm doing two four-hour appointments something like that i literally make like so much more money than i ever do seeing 12 clients a day so you do not need to have that mindset that because there's wiggle room or because you have freedom or because you're sleeping well that you're going to sacrifice funding because it's completely the opposite it's out of control i only wish i had figured this out sooner that i had to go that to get here amen and that's true yeah because in the beginning like you do gotta hustle and grind and you should say yes to just about everything and you you should you should because i've been doing this for a while yeah (laughs) yeah definitely and i think i come from a similar background of where i started as well and that was just what you did and i think sometimes you got to go there to appreciate this now Mm -hmm. and um you know think of all the the reps we took by doing all that work you know what i mean like i used to stay in that busy and think that that created worthiness and all the things but Mm -hmm. I'm making the same amount of money that I made double booking three, four days a week. I do in two days, not double booking without an assistant anymore. Blow your mind. Blow your mind, right? (laughs) It's like, go figure. But that took some time to get there, right? And also, I didn't really know who my ideal client was early in the beginning. I I just, I was young and I took whatever I could get and I took the deals that nobody wanted to give. I didn't know really how to do wedding gear, but nobody else did it in my salon. So I became the bridal expert. No one else did makeup. So I started doing makeup. It was like... You do have to be willing to show up and do in order to and find yeah. out. It, it's like relationships. you got to get into a relationship to kind of figure out what, what you need and what you want. Yeah. And then once you are aware, then you got to set the boundaries. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say yes and no to? Yeah. What kind of energy do you want to be around? Down. Yeah. yeah. Find that, your specialty first before you yes. set those boundaries. But that is another beautiful reason why this industry is so amazing. Yeah. So we would love to know what your um, reasons are for being a hairdresser and what lights you up and what kind of like – magical space you leave in your books because everyone can learn from that and what works for her that might not work for you and what works for me might not work for you either so that's also the cool thing about this yeah. you can make it whatever you want it's an art form for it is. sure like 100 percent, we should be put into like the arts category i noticed we filling out we've been filling out a lot of paperwork this year with covid right yeah There's so much paperwork it is so much harder to find like hairdresser or hairstylist on the list of occupations when you're doing paperwork it's so not true it's not such a popular career on the list so oftentimes you know like salon will show up but you there's not really a lot of hairstylists on those options um, so that's interesting to me I'm like where are we like 
where do we fall, right? You know? Service industry, but I really feel it's more like artists. It should really definitely have its own category. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely its own. The, the cosmetology world is its own beast, and yeah. it, it deserves the respect that, like, we are giving it now. So hopefully, hopefully this podcast can make a change. So if you liked what you listened to today, please share it, tag it, you know, all the things. Um, so what else do you have going on? So you're behind the chair. Where can people find you if they want to follow you? Because I feel like after this podcast, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of DM taps of like, well, how did you figure this out? Or how did you navigate that? And I'm sure you're more than open to having people message you and chat you up. I love connecting with people. I love helping people, sharing my journey, um, relating. So um, Instagram, Desiree Pro Stylist, that's the easiest and best way to find me. Okay. You know, it's super simple. Yeah. I keep it simple. I do have like a website, but I just think Instagram's so easy. It's universal. The app is already installed on your phone. You can do it anywhere. So very cool. simple. Yeah. Thank you for being yeah. with me today. Yeah, thank this you. This was amazing. I know. I love We're going to do another one. Yeah, I, like I love I've, it. And this is a beautiful thing about putting yourself out there, like through doing this, like this was challenging for me to start the podcast too. And I always just want to remind you guys, like if there's something on your heart that you want to share or you want to be a part of, or you want to start or create, like just get out there and figure it out. Just do it. Take messy action, put your phone up, have your friends come over, hit up the local girls at this, at the, in town that you see doing things and just invite them over for a chat. Ask Not for help. help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Yes. You know, like be vulnerable, put yourself out there. When you're honest and vulnerable, you nearly are never met with, like, hatred. And you can easily, like, distinguish the haters and, like, get them away from you quicker that way. So you Love don't that. waste your time with bullshit. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we don't waste our time with bullshit. No bullshit. No bullshit. <laughs> we'll see you guys in the next one.